Chris, you just spoiled for me before we were on live air that uh, you, for the first time ever, had put some thought into what we should talk about today, which normally you never put any thought into, and we decide now based off some of my uh, keeping of a list of ideas. You also said that your thinking about it has led you to deciding that the idea you had in mind we shouldn't do today. Well, this is the good news, right? I thought about an idea. I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what we'd talk about with that and thought about everything I think about it and then got to the end. I was like, cool. Absolutely no need to interrogate that idea now with Nick. I know exactly what I think. This will be our shortest episode ever. Yeah. Um, no. This is too much of a spoiler to say what I was thinking No, about. I love this. Oh. Um, I love talking about an idea that we're definitely that we're not going to Definitely not going to rank. I was, uh, police was the one I was Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been in my head. I mean... I that's, get- that's probably how it came because... because um, you know, we te- we texted and yeah, and uh, I said, "I'm oh, I'm excited to do the episode." And you're like, "Yes, I've been thinking about things." And I'm like, "Oh, well, I've given it absolutely zero thought." And then mm-hmm. I thought, "Well, here's the imagine, here's the idea space. What would it look like if I were to think about it in advance? <laughs> what about the idea of thinking ahead of yeah, things?" Yeah, so I think it's probably informed by you know the culture of the whole podcast that we've created. You know, it's it's not an yeah. independent. I haven't gone away and thought I'm interested in interrogating this. I think, I mean, because we did imprisonment in like, I think a yeah. third episode, yeah. which, which you know, again, we will do, listeners will do police at one point because Absolutely. we'll do every single human idea. I think if I had a reason, if I don't mind saying, and this won't be a spoiler for anyone who's paid attention to who we are mm. across this is, yeah, I feel like our, we both of you and I ge- share a genuine, probably like slightly contrarian streak about maybe doing anything that's too, too topical or as in... Maybe like, as in, not to say that police are the only super topical thing at the moment, but oh, I didn't even think of them as topical. I'm just so far removed <laughs> from those like those zeitgeists. Blessed to know that about you. <laughs> love that. Love that for you, as they as they say in the room. It reminds me actually when the, I saw an interview with Bernie Sanders, and they mm-hmm. said, "What do you think of cancel culture?" This was this was like six months ago. And he's like, "Yeah, what? What do you think of what?" <laughs> is that? He's like, he's like, he's like, didn't didn't did they sing? Do you really want to hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought of that moment. I was like, put him in it, like you know, whatever, whatever's happening for him, just protect it. <laughs> I think about that uh, in terms of um, my super, I, you know, my super close friends who I know who are like that, like I, my friend Pete, who is my um, strength coach, but also my super old close friend. I'm going to go out and train with him today uh, in an hour or two. Um, he, I'm pretty sure, if you asked him who the prime minister was, he would know. Wow. I'm not sure. That's something. Even yeah. though you don't know that for sure. Yeah. That's, that's very special. Totally. And um, he's, yeah, he definitely, uh, yeah, his whole world is uh, training Rottweilers for security purposes and, oh. and strength training and the band NWA and, um, yeah, like. Serial, that's a big three. Movies movies about serial killers. Oh, so, what? oh alarming. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's always, there's there's cost benefit analysis to all self. Well, the benefit for the prime minister not to be <laughs> identifiably it. murdered by that's him. That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I guess, you know, the other thing that's always my instinct is, because we will do police, but also my thing is always, it's like, what if we do police? I'm like, oh, but if, um, what is there a, is there a bigger superstructure idea yeah. that we need to do before yeah. we get into that? I Policing. mean, I, indeed, I probably would say, but we're not going to do it today. So that's the best part. Yeah. Um, Have you been giving any, you know me, I'm, I'm like a, over at that usual. Um, Rum of excitement just, around nouns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Noun, nountacular stuff like, um, I'm just looking at forever. I haven't been adding as much to the list lately, but I've been thinking about, just some of the ones that have been on the list for a while that are particularly 
particularly have the have the potential for you to be like oh about so i mean do you mean me or you the audience but i uh, both of you right um but yeah i mean i want to do morality the other two so people in your world <laughs> me right. and the audience exactly <laughs> Um, both. <laughs> so yeah, uh, morality. Well, you know, but again, we did philosophy last yeah, time, no. and that's got me keyed up to be like, yeah, let's do all the things that even that are gonna make us have to talk about what we're even trying to do with the podcast. But yeah. that might be a bit much as a one-two punch. What, what's one? What's one step down from that? Revolution. I mean, so let's do it. Yep. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Rank Ideas Podcast. It's the greatest podcast in the world and also happens to be the only one in which Nick Deladovic and myself, Chris Andrew, rank every idea in an ever-expanding list from best to worst. Say you want a new hit podcast, well, you know... We are literally that. <laughs> or if we're talking about destruction. Are you <laughs> in? Can I count you in? <laughs> I'm in, damn it. I think, um, yeah, destruction would have been an equally good one to do. I'm going to, hold on, let me write that in my phone for next time. But today we're doing revolution, the concept of revolution, the idea of it. We're going to rank against all other human ideas. Um Chris, would you, could I force you to do... Oh, no. Definition. I, I can do it. Uh, look, I'll have a crack and then you can sweep yep. in. So, revolution is, a, I guess, it comes from the literal meaning of the word to turn. Um, and it's a, where you, I guess, in the way that we're going to be talking about it, is going to be overthrowing a, a system and replacing it with a new one. Is that Or, or a complete change yep. of what's... what's yeah, I th- what I, your dominant social systems are. I feel like we're responsible to include in the definition... Um, the idea of a certain amount of, yeah, of destruction and violence, of the idea of sweeping away the old order aggressively, you know? Like, Which, and, and to say that, that like, that's what we're talking about today. That's not the obvious, that's, it's obvious that there are other terms of revolution. Like you can have a, you know, um, a uh, revolution you, in your workplace where now we do this or whatever. Yeah, or, although I, I, I think it's useful. So say if you talk about something like, oh, there's a digital revolution or a technological revolution, I still think that, the thing you have to contend with in the idea, and this is maybe already getting into discussing it, as we do here on the podcast, Rank mm-hmm. Ideas, um, baked into any revolution is the idea of uh, of cost, of um, collateral damage. Like if you, you know, even something like a, you know, uh, like a revolution in the way that, um, you know, that a way that a workplace is put together will involve certain, not just old, junkier forms of doing it to be overthrown, but... But that's, some, but that's a feature be... of any change. So, yep. so maybe for revolu- maybe we're just talking about political revolutions. Is that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Are, are you? Yeah. Well, I guess what I, I guess the thing that makes me want to um, zero in on that, or that makes me want to, uh, if I have an instinct to keep it broad, it's that, that yes, it's um, any change involves uh, costs and arguably destruction. You know, paint. Uh, a, a swath of paint across a canvas is destruction of a, mm-hmm. of a kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like when people talk about revolution as a specific idea, there's the thing that's not always contended with or the thing that's not always stared at straight on. Is that cost? Is that cost? Or it is stared at straight on and people get excited about it and that's what they're into, <laughs> but they're not, you know, they're, they they get excited about it when they're in a position to be yeah. uh, excited about it rather than fearful of it. Yeah. Look, I made a snide observation 
yesterday conversationally that everyone I know who I'd heard advocate for a communist revolution had. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Every time I say conversation, uh, communist revolution, uh, <laughs> a chime goes off. Um, has like a mortgage and um, a full time job or something. Yeah. That, that's not, that's of course not true, but it's it's certainly a feature of like. Our particular zone. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm again, like, uh, hypocrisy. I'm not necessarily as um, down on, like, hypocrisy isn't the thing that needles me as much as, it's like, most in the world. Like, No, um, I, no but I think it's just the distance from the reality of, it's, of violence is, yeah. is, is the observation I was making. Not, yeah, not, totally. It's not about, like, oh, you own something. How can you think other people shouldn't? Like, that's, that's I don't care about that at all. It, re- it reminds me a little bit as someone who has... Um, been in real life fights before and that does not mean and by that i mean i've been beaten up in real life yeah. before not you know don't i'm just i haven't been roadhousing around i've been sometimes been in a real life violent situation where i got beaten up um when i hear people who've never been involved in a physically violent altercation talk about uh oh, punch that guy yeah or, or yeah that or like or even just talking about yeah we need to we need to take to the streets and um to, you know and and yeah. right now we need to overthrow things um which, you know, like, uh, it would be very easy because of our local perspective on this, it would be very easy for us to just um, eye roll at um, the, the, you know, people who are who are divorced from the implications of it. Obviously, a lot of people in the history of people who have actually done the revolutions, because, I mean, the thing we're really, we're talking about people who aren't going to do a revolution. Yeah, sure. It, you know, they might get swept up in one at some point while they weren't while they were looking at some other. Yeah, thing. but they're not. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk. But arguably, well, the people who are gonna who have done a revolution, who are going to do a revolution, are people mm-hmm. whose circumstances are desperate or intense enough. The stakes the stakes of their life are already life or death. Um, to the point where um, there's more of a where the, where the argument of why they would overthrow things. Um while they would go, let's violently overthrow and scrub the system and stuff again, a big, would be live. I th- but I think that even in itself is a, a big assumption that doesn't stand up. Yeah, this is my thing, right? That, like it, an- that it is people who are against the brink, like, yeah. that do that stuff. Like, it's that's. I don't think that's the norm necessarily at all. Not necessarily. I do think, um, yeah, I, again, if we, if say if we were going to focus on political revolutions, I think at the very least there's an idea of... Um, uh, revolution you know because the story of revolution is the idea of um uh things that uh something that's that's reached a corrosive end state or an overdue one and then that gets wiped away for the promise of of something new and superior yeah there's an idea that sweeps yeah yeah whereas probably it's funny right because the actual literal outcome of revolution more often is really is really literalized by the word, right? As you yeah, say, it's three sixty degrees. <laughs> yeah, three sixty degrees on a long enough timeline. Um, and again, this is very easy. Again, talking about people who can, we were just talking about our friends who who find it easy to say things, and uh, because of how privileged they are. Um, into my version of that is me being able to say, step back and be like, yeah, well, uh, tear everything down. Um, then what? And then, you know, and obviously the big thing I see when uh, revolutionary discourse gets shared is the idea of it's like, oh, we need to we need to put the um, power back into the hands of the people. They've, it's being hoarded at some point. It's, it's being hoarded by bad actors who are um, propping up their position and their wealth through um, uh, cruel and um, exploitative acts, which, you know, that's usually true. Yeah, um, well, uniformly true. Yeah, yeah always, yeah. always true. <laughs> Let's replace it with... Some other a new people. cohort who yeah. can do exactly the same thing. And yeah, and I mean, you know, exactly. Like, and um, 
yeah, just the idea of, yeah, just that classic idea of we, power needs to be in the hands of the people. It's like, guys, power is in the hands of people. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the bad news. <laughs> that's it. This is what power in the hands of people looks like. And again, I'm not, this is not me being um, bleakly nihil, uh, nihilistic. This is me saying it's like, oh, yeah, you could absolutely change the way this stuff works. And it has changed incrementally well, think, and non-linearly. I think that's the, that's, the feature, that's the feature you have to talk about. Yeah. Like that's when you're balancing this idea, it's like, well, what's your objective to get a change? Is yeah. this the best way to get that change? That's it. Is this even a way to get that change? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, yeah, as opposed to just changing the status quo of who is the exploitative um, boss. I mean, I feel like a lot of, yeah, the other thing that happens in our, in the discourse that's immediately in our social media feeds is, yeah, just the argument, just the, just the very kind of, um, flat sort of team-based argument between um, liberalism and conservatism, you know, capitalism versus communism, mm-hmm. and, yeah, just these ideas of, it's, you know, both both groups having the same talking points against each other, like both being like, well, we, you know, we were the system, we're the system that works, and the reason that it's never worked is just because it's never been a pure version of the system. We just need a, you know, it's always been ameliorated yeah. by your guys. You never see anyone have a revolution for a pluralist society, or like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it does exist, but I never hear about that language. Like, you know, you, you never all he- kinds of people are in this society, and it's good to have an in- exchange and um, intersection of their. You, I guess you arguably, virtues. you arguably don't have a revolution staged by people on other people's behalf, like as in. Yeah, it's it's you know people will, or when, or when they do, it's when um, uh, oh, there's a term for it um, when when the uh, interests of of more than one group intersect. There's an intersecting point where then um, a revolution might happen. It's cooperative, but that that intersection of self interest has to occur. I'm just trying to think of the most recent. I mean, there's a revolution happening right now in um, Belarus. There's um, mm-hmm. you know recently we've had them in Ukraine and the. Um, the ones across the Arab Spring yep. revolutions. It's hard to think of. Um, I mean, the classic positive outcomes from those yet. Well, I, I mean, mean it's, it's, it's obviously way too early to tell. The, the classic ones to talk about the French Revolution or well, as you say, Russian Revolution. It's sticky. The handles are sticky because you know, obviously, American I mean, Revolution. really, I mean, you know, the French Revolution and these are the famous. These are the canonical revolutions. Mm. The, the Disney Plus the big ones, yeah, 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 and I mean. So many of them, a so many of them. The the thing that you can historically see is a backlash against, is a backlash and a watering down of the of the vision of each revolution after it happens. I mean, you know, it took when the French Revolution happened, it took about eight seconds for there to be a strong um, populist movement, like grassroots movement, to um, reestablish the monarchy. Um, which is, you know, and that doesn't. I mean, obviously, yeah, different people. Like the the public isn't a homogenous mass, so of course you're always going to have some. Mm. Yeah, that's what a plural society would be. It'd be a lot of different people yeah. saying, having <laughs> completely opposite ideas about how things should be organised. But the idea of, um, yeah, the, the, I mean, probably the really obvious mundane point to hook things around is that, yeah, any revolution will work out great for certain individuals, definitely, and badly for others. And the argument is, is, is there a reliable, <laughs> does revolution as a format have any reliability in terms of how that shakes out? Like, can you even predict who it turns out well for and who it turns That's out badly? That's the thing that the, the chaos of of anarchies of transition, um, you know, really reward a uh, type of ruthless um, class that, that value having power. As I, say, yeah. I would say, based on all the ones that you can see, um, which is of course not untrue of the, our existing social features of, yeah. of stable societies either. 
But um, once the rules sort of go out the window and there's legitimate um, a, a reframing of the legitimacy of violence and um, and state power and things like that, then you really do get you know some of the worst of of humanity on display. Once you, I mean, yeah, it's it's um, once both sides get to make use of the narrative that the other side is uncontrollably violent. Yeah. You know, whether, when it's like, oh, the state is being uncontrollably violent to its people and the people are being uncontrollably violent, in, you know, to each other. Uh, both of those are really powerful rhetorical tools to justify behavior, like all kinds of behavior. And, yeah, I mean, and it's tough, right, because it's hard for me to um, – both of those are just on a they're on a continuum with just they're on a continuum from everyday life. I think this is the this is the other probably um, useful point. Like without any re, without any rhetoric of revolution existing, revolutions still happen. Uh, yeah, routinely, as in some some giant um, agent of change will happen in a system, and that system will suddenly be radically different in a way that um, people who were marginalized are suddenly elevated, and people who were safe and comfortable suddenly have their safety and comfort taken away. Yeah. It's, it's funny that, this, that you should pick this topic. I'm just reading a book about Napoleon at the moment. And in the, in the introduction to it, it's, it says that, um, that, uh, you know, it was a striking figure, you know, led, led changes that, um, exist to this day, but, um, you know, there's a great blood cost on the path of that. And interestingly, um, other societies were able to achieve exactly the same, um, changes to the, you know, welfare of the citizen and concepts of liberty and things and um, distributions of power without having any bloodshed. Yeah, and I mean... Um, and we're talking, like, you know, a tremendous... You know, millions of dead and things like that. I think of it in terms of... I mean, you know, it relates to war, which we haven't uh, ranked yet and we'll have to rank at some point. But yeah, it reminds you know, the idea of um, the concept of just wars, you know, where it's just like, mm. oh, these... You know, this, this war had to happen because there was um, a force of evil that had to be defeated and suppressed and it's just kind of like, well... Give me a give me a quick look at the causation chain that led up to that happening, and, yeah. and then ask me if I thought any part of it might have been might have happened a different way if people had just thought and behaved differently. You know, like Second World War is a good example of just being like maybe if the entire world wasn't anti-Semitic, then the stakes of the thing wouldn't have escalated <laughs> to the point where it did. You know, and that yeah, the, the, the idea of you know you think about it that way, and you go oh, well, the, the, the way the narrative's been spun after it's just kind of like well, yeah, show me the good guys. Show me a single good guy that existed yeah. on the planet at that point. Or this point. Yes. <laughs> what, what, does that, what does it mean? Um, if you want to refer to our good and evil episode. A good and evil, quite low to the bottom of our list. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think that the the invitate, inviting the chaos of um, relaxing the rules around violence and um, treatment of other people, even if they're your worst enemies, um, should never be done lightly. Um, mm. I, I just think because, or, or like, I'm, I'm sure there are conditions in which it's a, it's, you can have a collective that agrees that it's a good idea. And you can, and you, at the very least, you might have a collective who could argue it's like, we're not doing it lightly. We're doing it as the result of long term yeah. systemic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably always the case. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult. I, I guess. I, have a, I, have a, I, I think the more I talk about it, the more I realise I have a kind of philosophicalness about, resignedness about it as a thing that will just happen. Sure. But, yeah, I think the idea of, um, but, yeah, that idea of. Um, they should just it, make it, it is, illegal, then it'll never happen again. <laughs> if it's not the best way to yeah. change. But the idea of it is, uh, I think the reason that we're ranking it right, the reason that we're 
looking at and going, oh, a thing that is almost a, that started at one point as a, as a term of metaphor and has become this sticky specific idea is because of the heroic romantic narrative around it. And yeah, yeah and that's the part that, um, again, like, uh, it was it's to me it's exactly this it's it's just too close to war as a thing and the it's a type of you know a rev, it's it's a it's it's a similar story form and a similar practical form to a war and to me that's something i wouldn't accept a romanticization of or a, or a heroic narrative version of even though i know that's how most people think about it and it's similar for me with revolution i just feel like um yeah it's, as you say it's not reliably a solution to any problems um it's just a yeah it's it's just a weird function of the pressure cooker that is it's it, you you could almost argue that the way that um like an ideology we have ideology at the bottom of the list and i feel like almost um mm, an ideology high manifestation of yeah, ideology yeah, it's an ideology yeah. an ideologically based uh organization of society has an inevitability of revolution baked into it it's one of the reasons ideology is at the bottom of our list yeah. so i think yeah like the good news is I feel like a lot of the ideas that we're ranking at the bottom take the teeth out of revolution or actually just um, have the potential to prevent revolution as an inevitability. So, I mean, that would allow us to then rank it as... Not the worst. Yeah, worst, but also it allows us to rank it as just this thing that... All right. As to, you know, just we would still need to find any specific utility in it to rank it, not <laughs> to rank it anywhere off the bottom. Well, I, I look, I guess, I guess um, the listeners who haven't come at this with the same stance as us right now would be probably screaming at their devices saying, well, you know, some people don't have a capacity to express anything at all. And if you're in such a society then that, that where, where you only have this direst of options, then that is um, the most important thing to, like it's really critically important to those people. Yeah. I don't know. I look, it reminds me of rights, right? When we ranked, yeah, we ranked rights yeah, pretty yeah, low. We did. And and it's one of those things, like, and I feel like this is worth really laboring as a point, or I just want to labor it as a point. It's like, yeah, we I recognize that there are people who um uh yeah, whose whose circumstances are so desperate, they're so oppressed. A, like there are people who are so oppressed that they would never even conceive conceive yeah, the revolution. Yeah. And that's that's monstrous in its own way. The idea of not like so yeah, thinking about it that way, the idea of not even being able not even having the thought experiment of revolution is I, I dislike that idea as in I'm someone who likes to look at really central parts of and pillars of society around me and go, yeah, but what if that was, what if we just fucked that? Like, what if we just dismissed the validity of that completely? Mm-hmm. You don't need revolution to do that. No. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the idea of people being stuck in a situation being like, oh, I can either have the rest of my life be this or I can stage a revolution and hope that, <laughs> hope that things will shake out better. I don't begrudge that, but again, I would. What I would love is just a setup of the world that doesn't lead to those. Steps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and again, the thought experiment of our podcast isn't trying to turn the widgets of current society to make it better or worse. It's no. about if we were going to take all of the ideas that exist and start a new society. And so then it's really the argument of being like, if we could, if we've got good things at the top and bad things at the bottom. And starting for a new society should is what's there's revolution. There's no utility for it. It disappears. I think. I think. Hopefully. I, I think so. Hopefully. And yeah. And and I think. Well, it's more. I mean, I guess the way that we can justify a decision is what ideas. What ideas work way better? Like if you're for you to be in a society and like broad or specific, if you're in a society and you you are being oppressed or marginalized, 
or you see that other people are that you have empathy for, what are the things you can do to A, first conceive of it, of that as the fact, recognize it and then treat it? It's it's difficult to say because it, it is so contingent upon what that society looks like, like mm. what, what those parameters might be. But maybe an inverse way of saying saying it is like whatever, whatever your problems are is the best way to deal with them to kill everyone that's in charge mm. and to hope that you end up in charge without having to kill everybody that disagrees with you who was invested in the previous ideas. Yeah, this is the thing, right? I think about this in terms of, um, you know, countries that I've visited that have um, governments, you know, like, you know, governments that would, uh, where their ideology would chafe the sensibility of, like, Westerners like me and where, you know, like the general, they have massive popular support, you know. Obviously there are a lot of countries that are the opposite of that. But there are countries where, yeah, like the pop. If you if you suddenly stage some quite a, like, for instance, democratic revolution in those countries, the people who you would be your biggest enemies would be just the average person on the street. And what do you do? Like, like I, I think it's just I think it keeps coming down to that um, the idea that features in a few of the things we we talk about, which is what do you do with a situation where two people disagree with each other? Like, mm. what's like what's what are the valid paths of reconciling that? And if it's like. I guess that like we're talking, we're probably talking about situations where people have power imbalances, but that even then that's not the normal um, route to revolution. It's just something that's mobilized yeah. in, in achieving it. Uh, when you just said that, then it reminded me of in this conversation I was having yesterday was with Hannah, a friend of mine who's recently returned from Iran. Mm. And she was saying that um, even though it's so despairing there to, to um, for people, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a, a, a oppressive society. It's, um, it's a, a governance of fear um, and inconsistently applied and, you know, people just disappear all the time for their opinions and, yeah. um, uh, you know, hor- horrible stuff. She said despite that, most people would not want a revolution because they understand, like, the consequences are so, like, volatile and not mm. – um, and not uh, – they, they don't follow a traje- trajectory just to, to lose the um, stability that you have. And part of that, I mean, and again, we, you know, at some point we'll have to rank stability and things like that because, you know, because uh, there is, you could argue that. I'm not talking about stability itself as, a, as, a, as an inherent virtue, but sort of stability of like, as you say, of, they, of, you know, the rules of, that prevent violence. Well, or, it's also, I mean, <clears throat> certainly it would be different if someone, if a human being has, has something like a revolution in their living memory as something they've lived through, they would potentially have a very different, a more real sense of the stakes. My grandparents moved to Australia fleeing mm. a revolution. There you go. So, yeah, as, as, um, uh, my um, grandparents came uh, to Australia post-war, so I mean, the not that, and you know, they were terrible people, but uh, the um, vibe of um, yeah, being it's like again, like we started by talking about people who are quick to um, celebrate the idea of revolution without really experiencing it. Mm. Um, luckily again, those people that we know, they're not going to do it. Like it reminded me of, yeah, of course. it reminds me, yeah. of, there's no, there's nothing like why we can critique it, but there's really no point. It reminds me of, um, a few years back when, um, there was the, uh, is it okay to punch a Nazi debate on oh, the yeah. internet? And it was funny because of the one, uh, guy getting punched in the viral video and people celebrating yeah. it as a hilarious thing. And, um, yeah, it was funny seeing like a lot of my friends uh, sort of having a hand wringing kind of moral debate around it, and because um, obviously the guy who punched him was um, like an anti for guy by all accounts, and um, but also like 
I remember just watching, like watching uh, my friends kind of debate this or place themselves in a place where they're like, yeah, yeah, it, it would be okay. And I'm like, guys, don't worry. You're not, you, <laughs> you're not, you, you're not going to be in this situation. You are not people, you don't, you're not people who get in fights. You're not people also like, yeah. you wouldn't be competent to punch someone <laughs> like this guy. The number one thing, me watching that video, the number one thing I saw was like, oh, this is a dude who has, who knows how to punch someone. Like that's like, again, that is. As in, That's all we really learnt about him well, before he faded from the scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he, he he recorded a follow up single, but it was <laughs> met to met a lukewarm reception. But I that think was he the punched thing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Just real milkshake ducked himself. But it was like <laughs> the best part is, um, yeah, I remember looking and being like, oh, people are identifying with this guy. Is like, oh, he has the same political alignment as me, so we're like of the yeah, same tribe. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. I'm like intersectionality comes in handy here because you go, guys, in a very important way, you are from different tribes. He is from the tribes of people who are in fights. Punching someone. <laughs> are in fights. Whose, whose heart rate stays low in a violent situation and stays composed and has, has like, you know, because, like, I, lo- I love that. F- I love that um video just because, yeah, uh, I'm a bad, I'm a, I'm a, happily amoral person and just follows the rules of comedy so well like people no one was willing to kind of talk about that but it's like that video just has it just follows the comedic beat so perfectly um of of, of you know of someone high status uh you know kind of you know being it's like having a moment of pomposity and then getting punched really hard in the ear i mean that i will say that the guy cat he clocks him in the ear so he's not the best puncher yeah. in the world but um he definitely was like he's yeah there was there's not a lot of hesitation there but yeah, yeah I, look, I was pretty um, surprised at the dialogue that fell out of that. Like, I mean, I'm not now surprised at any dialogue that falls out of anything because mm. you know it's all it's all well spun merry-go-round. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see all the people that I know um, be really excited about punching someone. Like, they're like, that's what you got to do. That's the right moral way to do something. Um, I thought both sides of it were funny because again, I have no problem. Like, let me put it so, this way: just, I'm the yeah. sort of guy who's I'm the sort of guy. I was happy to see Richard Spencer get punched because yeah, of his sure. haircut. Yeah, yeah, I don't care yeah. about it. I was like, yeah, I was like, look at his haircut. Look at his haircut. Punch get him. him. <laughs> get him. I don't need. Yeah, I don't need these. I don't need. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't need a morally yeah, religious look, framework look, to, I, for how I, I live my life. I didn't. I didn't um, particularly invest because also I don't think um, you know someone being punched on, on the list of crimes that happen today, That's like it. in That's our it. own it. suburb, is extraordinarily yeah. low. <laughs> In the list of wrongs to me personally, yeah. yesterday it's low. You know, like. that's it. And and again, the whole thing was like a classic thing that I um, happily roll my eyes at, which is people feeling like every, um, that everything is a microcosm, like everything microcosmically has to represent. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to fully yeah. you have to come up with a full ideological. Well, this blanket is, the, statement this, this, this is the pit of ideology, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, no, you can just calibrate moment to moment. Like, yes, yeah, yeah punt. Punch Richard Spencer there. Yeah, I laughed a lot of the video. Yeah. Someone cut up cut up the video to the boys are back in town. <laughs> there were a lot of music. Yeah, kept, kept yeah. every punch with the boys are back. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It was really good. Yeah. Um, um, at the same time. <laughs> we talked about it in the jokes episode. I mean, a lot of good humor, a lot of funny things, mm. not, not quote unquote good humor, a lot of funny things punch down uh, or in this case punch across <laughs> into the ear. Yeah. Punch. Indeed. <laughs> good good humour punches. Yeah, but I, I appreciate uh, the initial reason we went down this rabbit hole is because of your point, which I think is very strong, which is like, don't worry about the, like, don't, it's, we, this conversation we're having is, is not one that should be informed by the rhetoric of people who say, I now want a violent revolution because they're not the ones that are going to be doing yeah. it and that's not going to happen. Any more than like a judgment on, say, capitalism should be, uh, 
guided by this. It should be guided by all the people, by the people who spends all day um, performatively decrying capital. it. And capital. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, accru- well accruing capital. Um, uh, yes. The, um, yeah, this one I feel, as, as you, as you can, might have divine Chris, I feel specifically conscious to, um, like I'm self-conscious to find all of the angles we can defend this one on. Mostly because, yeah, because uh, it's another one where we're both like a bit like the rights episode where it's like, yeah, yeah we've, we're, <laughs> we're starting from a pretty settled feeling place in terms of it. I feel less um, compelled with this one to do that because I think that, um, you know, there is a strong evidence base that like, you, you know, in the abstract, you could think of like, well, the most oppressed people must have a capacity to um, overthrow systems. Mm. And I think that um, like that's. I think that that's a perfectly reasonable thing to think, and I probably think of myself as well. But then, if I think about what all the most of the revolutions, or all the revolutions that immediately come to mind, uh, is that what they're about? Not necessarily, and do they achieve their stated? It's their, the, their it's, even own stated outcomes once they achieve full political power. The answer is no. It's the do they achieve thing. And again, if I had different life circumstances, I would be, I would want to have a revolution. Or, and we're not, or but, a revolution. Also, to be clear, we're, might, not, we're not ranking right. the we're not ranking the component parts of revolution. I think, no. like you know, if if um. If, you know, I was a slave owner of you, Nick, and we're ranking, can you use violence to escape that situation? That's not what we're no. ranking. We're ranking yeah. a very different thing Yeah, here. totally. We're ranking, yeah, a political system that's it. revolution. Yeah. Yeah, which is a whole of society. We're going to write, I'll write political violence and chaos. I'll write political revolution. Yeah, I think that's good because because I don't want the clean energy revolution to come after us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want it to come while we're here. If they come near me, I'll punch them. <laughs> um, sweet. Any other thoughts? Uh, before we rank, or will they be best addressed? Well, I was hoping in the to ranking. talk about more revolutions, but that's just something we can do hey, yeah, in mean, our own time. It's up to us how long these episodes are. Like we we tend to work towards we tend to pay lip service to the format that we're that there's forward momentum in the podcast. It doesn't have to be that way. Not here in season two. Is there a, is there a cause that you would advocate a violent revolution of in society? Great question. Before you rank, great question. Because, uh, yeah, because processing out loud, obviously, I'm of the two of us, I'm the one who's most just kind of like, yep, you could chuck that out. Yep, you could chuck this out about yep. uh, whole things in society. Um, selfishly, yeah, I mean, you know, like, let's let's just look at my craven self-interest. So, yep. you know, I'd, if, uh, I, would, I would selfishly love a quote-unquote revolution in the fitness industry or in the arts, you know, the two places where... Mm. Operate and you know that and and again it would be so ideologically based. This is how we. This is great. This is how we know it's garbage because it would be like, oh, what would what revolution yeah. would I want? It'd be like, oh, I would want arts to suddenly be dominated by yeah. my conception of what good art is, yeah. which is which is um, art that confronts uh, remodels or challenges the underlying assumptions of society. Um, and then I would want like yeah, I would I would want the fitness world to suddenly reflect my personal ideology of um, you know like. Uh, slow, patient um, recalibration of uh, physical options in the individual body. So, like, this yeah, is it's great. two sexy revolutions, right? This is great because I think that, um, you know, as a thought experiment for you out there, like to have these sort of stakes, mm. you know, like like you're saying, around um, what, what could constitute a valid revolution, think for yourself what it is that you would happily kill for mm. um, and and then think about what that is and then – in the abstract, think about what a randomly spun wheel that lands on one citizen across the globe might be for them, what they would kill for, and and think, oh, is that a valid thing that we should all get behind? 
Like, no. Like, it's. I don't think for anyone. What I like about this, Chris, is that, yeah, I feel like the thing that is sticky in people's minds about revolution or allows it to be glamorous or at least just valid is the idea that, is, is again, it's ideology. This is a real fruit of the poison tree yeah. ideology because yeah. people wanting a revolution for the ideology they've subscribed to means that they don't have to bear the consequences of it being their decision or their thought process yeah. or their sensibility. Whereas for me... Because I don't have an ideological tribe. Like, of course, I have ideal, I have all kinds of ideologies yep. conditioned and watermarked into me because I don't have a subscription membership. I, um, yeah, it's, I, can't think of, I can't think of the question anyway other than how do I think society should be run? And that's why, you know, and as um, friends of mine who I've talked about this, uh, it's like the, I am very relaxed about the idea that I have, all, that I have strong opinions on all kinds of things and uh, happiness to exercise judgment, but I do not know how society should be run. And I feel like that's the thing that doesn't get pushed on mm. by uh, by the con constant um, by the current uh, dominant narratives. Everyone is kind of allowed. Every most people are allowed to walk around with their own solid opinion about how society should be run for everyone, but get to pretend to themselves that that's not what's happening. That they're just like, no, I'm just no, I'm just supportive of a thing that is evidently true from my quote unquote research. Um, or observations, or it's like, no, you've decided, you have a part of your brain which has gone, society, all of society should be run like this. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that's why I think your so question that's the, is that's great. That's the short, the short, the short wiring of- That's it. Of perception experience, you know. That's it. And yeah. I mean, I have that too. I have my, yeah. I, I could easily go, oh, so it should be run like this. Yeah. But also the only thing, the thing I slightly have going for me is the meta-awareness that I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm super wrong. <laughs> like, or put it, put it in a more accurate way. I have no idea about the unintended consequences. Like the law, what I do know is that the law of unintended consequences is the strongest governing force in perhaps the universe in terms of what. And you can see some great evidence for some of the most intelligent people who have ever lived getting the opportunity to to pursue this and advocating hard for it and yeah. them having no idea what would have their, their exactly. own society would look like so, even decades after. So well-intentioned. I mean, I yeah. feel like all of the, all of the, um, Sturm and Drang and kind of like, oh, what a, the internet, we thought it would be this and now it's that. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, people just being like, oh, this is a cause for tragedy. And I'm like, this is just phenomenal. This is just how all phenomena works. Is like you par said for the course for tragedy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tragedy <laughs> when the internet is a kind of drag. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the big, um, yeah, the big aspect of, uh, any yeah, this, any system you know in a, in in a world of complex systems, you can have a good plan and then just buck wild stuff will happen and that buck and at a, and if you're working at scale across humanity, that buck wild stuff will cost human lives or at least human happiness. And that's you know again, this is this sounds like I'm skidding into some nihilistic ditch again in terms of being like just do whatever, it doesn't matter. No, it's just that I think you know being. I think that a better version of doing all of this stuff would w would work better from a starting premise and awareness of that, which yeah. is that, yes, um, complex systems are complex. It's why I'm always on and on like a dickhead in these podcasts about, no, we just need a version of society, that of human of humanity, where we can hold more nuance and complexity in our head and understand complex yeah. systems and, and not, could, not and, try and short-circuit them. Yeah, and you can lament the pace of change and you can, you know, be completely correct in, you know, where you think the destination has to be, which as is clear at the moment with, mm. or as feels clear at the moment in terms of, um, you know, things like our global emissions and things like that. Sure. Um, I mean, this stuff is so, I mean, that's a good, that's a pretty blanket example in terms of eventually that'll be a thing that everyone's, uh, 
has some consensus on consensus of experience on, even mm. though, but yeah, I mean, a lot of other stuff, you know, I mean, change over time is just that classic thing where like how people feel about it in terms of, oh, it's happened so fast through to, I can't believe it still hasn't happened is entirely local to their experience and, and who and where they are in a society. You know, it's that classic, um, progressivism versus conservatism argument is one is an idea of just being like, oh, the rate of change in society should be slow. It's like, oh, the rate of change in society should be fast. It's like, well, those two things are just like you could throw, you could throw the leader all the way to one end or the other, and it'll just be a mix of consequences, good and bad for different people. Yeah. You know, for some people, fast change in a state is the thing that would and not for reasons, you know, mapped out by um, anything other than your sort of psychotype. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Um, and lottery of birth. That, well, in terms of your, in terms of your sense, in terms of your, your sensibility, of sure. But then obviously there are practical, there are practical rea- versions of your reality where yeah, sure, some, sure. something I, moving. I mean, in, something your, in terms moving. of your appetite for where the lever is. Yeah, yeah. Your intuition for where the lever should be. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we rank? Bottom third. Yeah, it feels bottom 30. I mean, obviously it's so, everything we've said, it, it just tracks so strongly onto our rights episode um, in terms of being one where the, I mean, rights at least, I feel like we hit, we were a bit warmer on rights in terms of the, <laughs> the, at least there was things in the, in terms of both of them being well-intentioned, rights seems a little bit less, like there's less maligned It doesn't have, it doesn't have the same kind of violence ba- uh, like yes, baked exactly. into it. In, the, in, in fact, it's, you know, it could be argued to be trying to avoid violence um, yeah. as much as anything. So we've got around right. And we haven't ranked violence because it's something no. we use as a yeah. handle a lot. That'd, that'd be good to do soon. Violence is interesting. Particularly, I think a lot about the concept creep of the word and what it's what encompasses yeah, now. And, yeah. I, and I'm very unresolved in my feelings around it. I think I just think a couple of contradictory things at the same time. So Yeah, me too. Yeah, It'll be yeah. good to interrogate that. Be good. A few years ago, I declared that everything is a violence. Any like assertion of anything, <laughs> just like, and maybe I still mean that. Saying, but that, also Hamil- the sa- saying that Hamilton is great is violence. It is. Yep. Violently true. It's his favorite type of violence. <laughs> that was going to be my final comment. That like without revolution, we wouldn't have the musical Hamilton. So you of all people should. I've be- directly benefited from the American Revolution in ways that you couldn't imagine. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think what. I believe that was an intended consequence. <laughs> yeah. I think the revolution I've benefited the most from was just the, yeah, the, I think just the general phenomenon of like haircuts being revolution, like hairstyles being uh, cultural revolutions. Is that a political revolution, Nick? Do people... (laughs) People get very, people use it as a politicized, as a political tool, the idea. But yeah, the idea that me just doing stupid stuff to my hair can be like interesting, gets to be interesting instead of just whatever. Yeah. That's a huge free kick for you. It's a huge free kick for it's me. It's so boring. Exactly. <laughs> such, a, such, a, such a squared nothing. Um, sweet. So above rights, we've got debate and then fairness above that. Below. Uh, oh, I reckon, it's it's probably, free... I reckon it's below debate I reckon it's and above rights. Yeah. Oh, above... no, sorry. No, no. Below rights, didn't we? Yeah. Below. So. Ooh. So, it's less impactful, though. This is the thing. And I feel like, like, a lot, like a lot of, because we've got ideology down at the bottom, we're kind of. Is it, this is an interesting question, actually. I feel like this is a new phenomenon where we've got something where where we've down we've downweighted the thing that would even that would almost downweighted the thing that would even lead to the thing existing. Yeah. And does that mean we rate it higher? But if we rate it, if we're saying that the thing has no need to exist, do we rate it even lower? Yeah. But as you say, it's it's. I feel like yeah, probably for the probably we should still look at. 
imagine it in terms of its worst outcomes in this case. Um, underwrites is um, aestheticism, uh, which I think is maybe worse just because it's so so prevalent. I you said so aestheticism. Like what? Where do we rank that? Why is that so low? <laughs> anything, be, anything As, being yeah, pleasing. Sure. Asceticism. Um, As, so we've got asceticism. Yeah, I think, faith, I think that's probably worse in terms of its impact. Yeah, faith, Although, faith, like, faith, and fulfillment, and good and evil down there are definitely worse. So I feel like it's my yeah. lens would be completely different if we were living through large scale political revolutions now. Yeah, like I would have a, a, low, a probably a lower. You know, if we were say if like. Underwrites is pretty low. That's like the six. That would be the sixth lowest thing. So I mean, really, to me, it's like so. Above that, we've got free will, fairness, debate, rights. I think it's about which of these. Where it, if it's if asceticism's worse, then it's about what's um. Uh, yeah. So free will, fairness, debate, and rights. Where does it? Where does it fit in and around there? Dude, how how'd free will creep up that high? <laughs> <laughs> From the super garbage ideas. That's the thing. I feel like maybe free will's still worse. Like maybe all of these are still worse. Than yeah. Revolution. Above that is aristocracy, which is happily better than revolution. Like even though Yeah, even though happily related. <laughs> yeah, it's super related. Um Yeah, look, it's I don't think that I want, you know, I wonder if free will is right now in a point on the list that's comparable to self-awareness. You like, mean, as in it's it's the negative. It's, the it's as low yang. as self-awareness is high? Yeah. Chris, you'll be, you're so close to, yeah, self-awareness is still super high. It's it's sixth uh-huh. um, under generosity and above hanging out. But um, free will? Free will is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ninth. Ooh. So, yeah. That's just that a bottom-heavy list. Yes, indeed. We do. <laughs> um, so. uh, look, I don't know, Nick. I I feel like free – I feel like the narrative – again, free will feels like the other one other than ideology, which if you downweight it, it's – you know, it's the one that's important to – if you downweight, then you're taking a bit of the teeth out of revolution Yeah. as a thing. Yeah, because you can understand the yeah. unintended – well, you take away the consequences. Narr- you, well, you take away the narratives of deserving or undeserving. Um, you know, uh, yeah. You take away the idea that same with fairness. Yeah, and so I, it's probably got to be above that. Yeah, so fairness is below free will, so that that works well. Okay, what's above free will? Aristocracy. We've got our home. We've got our home. Once again, we managed to do it flawlessly. Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, in a mere 46 minutes, 24 seconds to date, I mean, there'll be another couple of, who knows what we, where we might digress now. What we do on the podcast sometimes is just say things uh, that aren't strictly related, but add an entertainment value for you, the listener. Um, oh, that, I try not to do that, <laughs> that might, at any point in time. Sometimes it just, it's, it's, it's an accident every time. Anytime you hear, anytime you, any part of this podcast isn't just a dry relating of the facts that lead to the ranking of the idea. I can't believe people failing. listening. For me, this is just an ideas store so that when I um, accidentally attain ultimate power in 30 years or something, once I've lost a few grams of brain, I'll um, be able to go back and uh, see what it is that I did, was trying to do the whole time. The, um, I hope no one listens because they'll be able to read my every move. <laughs> you only made one mistake, Chris Andrew. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you have to you have to listen to the podcast. You'll uh, never I'll do look forward it. to it. Ah. <laughs> I'll never do it. Spoiler alert. Sometimes commotion, sometimes emotion.